0: Welcome to today's episode of the Soulfully Strategic Entrepreneurship Podcast. This is going to be a training episode that also has a little bit of a soapbox feel to it. So today we're going to be talking about marketing, specifically marketing for online service-based entrepreneurs think your coaches, your healers, anyone else, really in the service providing industry that relies heavily on social media in order to market their services. And the inspiration for this episode is really kind of twofold. First and foremost, June is always a great month to go back to the basics in business. We start to think that we're halfway through the year because we almost are. And sometimes the pressure is mounting as far as hitting the goals that we have because we start to look at that calendar and think, oh my gosh, it's only five more months until the holidays start. It's only six more months to hit my big goals. I'm not there yet. And it can be really easy to start to spiral downwards. The second inspiration for this podcast is really Honestly, the shitty marketing practices I've been seeing lately. I've been spending more time on certain social media platforms than I typically do, and just seeing a lot of outdated, transactional, cold marketing tactics that really are not going to be sustainable in the long run. Let's just jump right on in, shall we? First and foremost, what is marketing? Because my guess is your idea of marketing is probably a little bit off than what it actually is. So according to the American Marketing Association, marketing is the activity, institutions, and processes for creating, communicating, delivering, and exchanging offerings. That's a lot of words to basically say it's every piece of the puzzle in order to create and share and sell a product, good, or service. So let's break that down because a lot of people that I talk to, especially a lot of newer entrepreneurs, think that marketing is really just slapping their offers up all over the place, getting in front of as many people as possible with a checkout link and a price point, right? When in reality, there's much, much more behind marketing. Even if we just look at the definition, right? It's the activity, the institutions, and the process That's three things. For creating, communicating, delivering, and exchanging offers. That's four things. So that's a lot of different strategies, structures, and processes that we need in place in order to have an effective marketing strategy, right? I'm obviously, as a service provider, going to be focusing on content marketing, for service-based, social media, online-based businesses that are born out of love and born out of the idea of wanting to provide value and being of service. There are many different types of marketing, but again, what we're gonna be focused on here is content marketing, relationship-based marketing, because as service providers, as spiritual entrepreneurs who really wanna make a big impact in the world, It's not transactional, right? It comes from our heart. It comes from our souls. So the very first thing I challenge you to is broadening your perspective and to think of marketing as a skill set. So a lot of times we bandy around, we throw around this word strategy when we talk about businesses, but I don't think we actually discuss what a strategy is. So when you start to say, oh, I need a marketing strategy, but you don't know what that actually means, you're pretty much set up for failure, right? You're not set up for success. And alternatively, because marketing is so critical to the success of our businesses, we oftentimes fail to separate out marketing as a skill set and our business. I had a fabulous coach for a few months last year who really helped me to understand the separation of my talents, my gifts, and my skill set at marketing. So as a coach, my gift really is in inspiring others, helping them to see the possibilities and the potentials, and working through how to get there, right? That's my gift. The skill set that I have and continue to work on is marketing, is ensuring that everything that I have to offer, everything that I have to provide others, I'm clearly communicating, I'm showing the value in it, and I am creating some sort of exchange for that, right? But again, as newer entrepreneurs, and not even, honestly, not even newer, right? Like this can happen to people regardless of where they're at in their entrepreneurial phase, We oftentimes think that just because we want to start a business or just because we started that business, that we automatically know how to market. That's not the case, right? Just because we have maybe some corporate experience doesn't mean that we know how to do everything, right? For many of us, we've never created businesses before. So why in the world should we know how to create a business? If we've not had to do our own marketing before, why in the world should we know how to do our own marketing before? Especially when you're talking about online social media-based businesses where the freaking algorithms and platforms and trends are changing daily. So that's the, that is the single most important piece. We're seven minutes into this podcast. That is the single most important thing I want you to take away is that no matter what your business is, no matter if you are a coach, you are a healer, you are a service provider of whatever, your gifts, your talents are different and wholly separated from your skill set in marketing. When you can start to understand internalize and embody that separation and begin to look at your marketing strategies as experiments, as different things that you are trying out. One, you become detached, right? Which we all know that becoming detached from the outcome actually takes the pressure off, helps us to enjoy what we're doing more so that we're acting more out of love, more out of abundance, and less in that holy shit, I don't have this right, I'm wrong, something is wrong, I'm stupid, I can't figure this out, lack and fear mentality. So before we get into any of the strategy tips, any of the different things that actually make up a solid marketing plan, I really want you to take that piece and hold on to it. Hold on to the complete, non-negotiable, critical, essential idea that the magic that is you is wholly and completely separate from your abilities and skill sets within the realm of marketing. Okay? So internalize that. Pause this episode. Think about that. How do you show up differently? All of that kind of thing. And then come back and let's dig into the marketing piece of it. So... We're going to dig into the very most basic pieces of marketing. For anyone who has ever had a marketing course or went to college for a business degree, you might remember the marketing mix or the four P's of marketing. It's product, price, place, and promotion. Really essentially what the marketing mix is, is what do you have to sell, whether it's a good or a service, right? Whether it's a physical product or not. What price are you selling it for? Where are you selling it, right? The place, where are you actually distributing the marketing or distributing the the product? And then the promotion piece of this. And the promotion piece is really what most of us think of when we think of marketing. When we think of product creation, where we go into the the who are we helping, how are we helping them, what's the energetic exchange, what's the investment, what's the price, what's the cost, we typically don't think of that in terms of marketing. So I'm actually going to take those couple of pieces, the product creation, the pricing of it, and separate that out. And really what I'm going to be talking about is the rest of marketing. And I'm going to break it down for you into different words and different strategies so it's easier to really start to grasp and understand because I think using the word or the phrase marketing strategy is a little bit too broad to really bring down into tactical, practical and applicable action steps right when we start to think of marketing and we think of it as everything from product creation to sharing to promoting to discussing to following up to sharing our wins it gets really hard right there are five main marketing pillars or strategies that i'm going to share with you they are visibility engagement content sales And the sneakiest one of all, which actually underlines the rest of them, is confidence. So yes, there are multiple marketing strategies that you need to have in your business, and they do indeed all have a separate purpose, intention, and set of actions to build them out. Now, in today's episode, we are going to dig into the first two, visibility and engagement. Then next week, we're going to talk more about content and sales. And then finally, yes, in a third podcast episode, we will be talking about confidence. Now, I don't want you to think that this is going to be a short episode for you. There is so much to discuss when it comes to visibility and engagement, which is why we're splitting them into three separate episodes. When we talk about content-based relationship-based marketing, some of the some of the strategies and tactics that I'm going to share with you in the rest of this episode are going to most likely challenge your thoughts. And I really want you to think about each thing that I'm telling you and let it sink in. This is definitely a podcast episode that I'm going to throw a lot of information at you and I highly encourage you to kind of pause Take some time, think about what you've learned, see how it applies to you, and then finish out. And even go back and keep listening to this episode multiple times, because there's a lot in here. Let's start off with visibility. Visibility is really about getting as many eyes on your business as possible, so that you can then niche down, so that you can then get to your ideal clients. So a visibility strategy is really about getting your name, your business and what you offer out in front of the world. People need to know who you are and what you do in order for you to actually do anything right (laughs) we can do. There are so many entrepreneurs out on the social media pages that have so much content out there, they have so much good information, valuable content, but nobody knows they exist. We can be the brightest person in the world, we can have the best idea that's out there, we can have something that is life changing, that is world changing, but if nobody knows that you exist, then it doesn't matter, right? It's a moot point because You can't help people if they don't know about you. So a visibility strategy is really about getting yourself, your name, your business out and visible intentionally, right? These are not us just throwing spaghetti at the wall, hoping that something sticks. With any strategy, you need to make sure that you are going back. That you are evaluating what's working and what's not working and making adjustments along the way. Again, we are not, this is not old school marketing where we're just going to throw a strategy up there and just continue to put time, money, and energy behind it regardless of what's happening. We really need to have an actual strategy in place, right? So how do you create a visibility strategy? So visibility can happen in multiple different ways. Some of the possible visibility events can be podcasts, right? Me hosting my own podcast is a huge visibility. This is getting me out in front of a lot of different people who may or may not be my ideal client. If you are someone who does not want to own their own business, but you're listening to this because it helps you in other ways, that's awesome. And I'm, I'm here for it. Continue to listen to me. But you're not necessarily someone that I would want to coach. That's what I mean of the visibility is you're getting yourself out in front of as many people as possible. So you can host a podcast. You can be a guest on a podcast as well. That's also a visibility event. You can do collaborations. This can be on any social media platform. You can take over someone's um, Instagram page, for for example. You can hop in their Facebook group and take over for the day, provide some kind of training. You can jump in a clubhouse room, whether, again, whether you're hosting or you're someone just speaking in the clubhouse room. But it's about getting yourself out there. Some other visibility events would be a webinar, a live on any kind of social media as well, any kind of in-person or virtual workshop, trainings that you can provide, speaking opportunities, whether they are a little bit smaller, maybe it's just speaking in front of a local group, maybe it is speaking at an international convention, right? Those are all visibility events. And also, yes, those traditional networking events are also visibility events. It's, again, getting yourself out in front of people so that they know who you are, what you do, and how you help. So those are just different types of visibility events. So how do you actually create your strategy? You want to get clear on your end goal. So different Visibility events can have different end goals. Obviously, you want to get out in front of people, but do you want a specific event to be about connecting with other service providers, building up a referral network? Do you want it to be that you are getting in front of potential clients and converting them into paying clients? Is it something that you are aiming to boost your credibility and boost that expert status? These are all different end goals. So for instance, if you are going to an event, let's say a more traditional networking event or a happy hour where you get to go and kind of hobnob and meet people and all of that. As a coach, I'm going to use myself as an example, right? So as a business coach, I could go to that networking event with the idea that I want to make referral connections, I want to get myself out there, get my name out there, that I am a strategic business coach. So I'm going to target other service providers that may be able to refer clients to me. Now, if I go to that same event, but my end goal is in getting in front of potential clients, I'm going to possibly target different people, right? So in the first scenario, if I'm there to build up referral networks, I'm going to target healers. I'm going to target other service providers such as copywriters, such as virtual assistants, et cetera. Whereas if I'm there looking for clients with the end goal of getting in front of clients, then I'm not looking for those, right? I'm specifically looking for other coaches as that's who I primarily help. So being really clear on what the end goal is allows you to better utilize and be more productive and effective at that visibility strategy. And let me just be really clear before we go on. You can have multiple end goals. You can have multiple arms of your visibility strategy. In fact, you should. You should have multiple different things going on. And don't get overwhelmed. This is not something that you start on day one with like 20 different things that you're doing. You add on as you get more comfortable, as you tweak and adjust your strategy. But the very first step is really in getting clear on what your end goal is. The next piece of it is determining how many visibility events you have the space for. And I don't just mean how many can you shove into your calendar. I want you to really think about how much energetic space you have. I am an extroverted introvert. I like to be around groups, but I also need time to recharge by myself. So for me personally, having more than three visibility events in a week Really drains my energy and makes it hard for me to show up as a human, let alone as an entrepreneur and a business owner. I make sure that I don't have too many visibility events scheduled at one time. I could absolutely fit more in my schedule, but I know that I'm not going to show up fully. I know that it's not going to be the best version of myself at each event, so I I hold back in order to really protect my energy and to protect what I'm putting out there. I don't want to show up in front of people. And when I leave, have them think, well, shit, she doesn't have good energy. Well, she doesn't, she doesn't really seem excited about this, right? I want people to see the magic of who I am. And if I overbook myself, they're not, they're never going to see that. The next thing would be to choose a platform to start with. So I already gave you a couple of different ideas of what visibility events can look like. But I would not recommend you throwing everything on at one time, especially if you are newer in your entrepreneur life or newer at building out a visibility strategy. So we talked about, you know, guest trainings, we talked about podcasts, we talked about social media collaborations, Instagram or Facebook lives, you can write blog articles, you can, there are again, multiple different ways that you can be visible. Do not try and do all of them at once. Just like we don't want to be on every single social media platform out there, we also don't want to be doing every single type of visibility event. Again, it goes back to energy. You're going to be drained. And also, if you're doing 20 things at once, it's really hard to know what's working and what's not. So I encourage you to start off with one or two types of events. And really take the time to test them out. So if you, let's say you really love talking, right? You really want to be a guest on podcasts because that's a great way to get in front of a lot of different people at once. It is evergreen. The content stays there until it's deleted intentionally, right? Then go out, do your research, find those podcasts that make the most sense for you to be on. When you think of finding the ones that make the most sense, And this is kind of the fourth step in the process, is finding strategic partners, strategic platforms, and direct or complementary industries. So using, again, myself as an example, I love to talk. I love this podcast. I love being a guest on other people's podcasts. So that was a really natural visibility strategy for me to start with. I'm confident. I can easily talk about something that I care about for a long time, as evidenced by some of my episodes, but for me, podcasts make a lot of sense. However, if you are uncomfortable talking at length, or you're uncomfortable not having something super scripted that you're in control of, being a podcast guest is probably not your best bet or doing a, a live collaboration may or may not be your best bet until you get a little bit more comfortable with not being able to edit every single piece of it, right? So, choose a platform that makes sense for you. And then also give time. You may have go again going back to podcasts as an example, you may have a couple of really Awful interviews, where you just don't jive with the host, or that you're not really into the topics, but you wanted you wanted to get in front of the audience, or sometimes you don't really do all your research, and you're like, I just want to be on a podcast without actually making sure that that podcast is a fit for what you do, who you help, what your energy is. Right? Sometimes you're just on podcasts to be like, Oh, I did this. Check. Your marketing strategies, whether it's visibility, engagement, or content, should never be a checkbox. Marketing is one of those critical pieces of business that cannot just be, okay, I did this, check, I'm done. You need to be intentional with your marketing. You need to be intentional with your visibility. So again, you're going to choose a platform to start with that really resonates with you, that's going to help you achieve that end goal. So the fourth step, and I talked about this real quick, the fourth step in creating your visibility strategy is in finding strategic partners in direct or complementary industries. So this is going to be anyone who is directly in your industry or in complementary. So what do I mean by complementary? As a business coach, I work a lot with mindset, with strategy, and with embodiment. Those are the three pillars of my business. So for me, strategic partners would be anyone within the mindset, strategy, or embodiment spaces. That's a huge area, right? (laughs) I also work primarily with women. So for males who are running businesses targeted towards males, not a strategic partner for me. Would I still speak to them? Possibly. Is that my ideal audience? No. I am focused on helping female entrepreneurs. If there is a group of parents who are wanting support and mindset, could I speak to them? Probably. Would it be something that made intentional strategic sense for me? No. If they were parents who also happened to be entrepreneurs or really rather entrepreneurs who happened to be parents and were interested in mindset, that would be a different story. But it's about finding strategic partnerships. Loosely using the word partnership, I don't mean anything legally binding, but I mean those podcasts, those streams, those collaborations, those channels, those accounts that make sense for you. Really, again, going back to that intentionality piece, be intentional with your visibility. This And this is one of those things I really, I think I'm going to challenge you a little bit on. If you are on social media, you do not want to be focused on creating viral content. It is really freaking cool when a reel hits multiple thousands views, right? That is really cool. I I know from experience, the first time I hit 4,000 views, I was like jumping up and down. I'm like, holy shit, 4,000 people have looked at my reel. But guess what? Probably 3,500 of them were not aligned. 3,500, and I don't know for the exact numbers, so just go along with me here. 3,500 of them watched it because of the trending audio. I got followers. my, My community grew, but it didn't have an impact on my bottom line because they were unaligned followers. They were people who thought that it was a cool sound or who watched it and then thought, "Ugh, that lady doesn't know anything about me. She's not going to help me because I'm into I don't know, powerlifting, right?" I'm not <laughs> I'm not going to be your person if you're if you want to know more about boxing or powerlifting or anything like that. So it's not about going viral. It's about hitting your aligned audience. It's about getting yourself in front of as many people as possible to intentionally weed out the people that you don't wanna work with, right? We're intentionally hitting up channels, podcasts, visibility events of whatever kind to convert clients We are running a for-profit business. We want to convert clients. That's another thing that I think a lot of entrepreneurs, I don't want to say forget about, but don't place the level of importance on it as is needed. It's great. It is awesome. It is a lot of fun to do events with your friends or with your business besties. But really make sure that those events, those collaborations are going to make sense, right? So back in the fall of 2021, I ran a virtual retreat. It was all about self-healing modalities. We had, it was amazing. I am so proud of the event that I ran. I am so proud of what came out of it. But I really... I didn't have a visibility strategy in mind when I did it. I reached out to my favorite healers. I reached out to my my business buddies, women that I had worked with for a while, and didn't really think about whether we were all aligned, whether it all made business sense, right? And from a financial perspective, I lost money. (laughs) I, I lost quite a bit of money on that one with the time that I put into it, the marketing that I put into it, the ads, all of that. And I I consider it a success. I learned a lot. It was the first virtual retreat I've ever run. I learned a lot. I got to have fun with a lot of my friends. But from a visibility perspective, it didn't make any sense. There was no real intention behind it. And that's what I'm hoping to help you avoid. Is as you're going about and growing your business, make sure that you know what your end goal is. If your end goal is to have fun, that's awesome. Just know that going into it. I also want to, as I am listening to myself record this, realize that it may sound like my end goal is always about making money. And it's not. But I do have to keep in mind, and I encourage you to keep in mind, that you're a for-profit business. So when you are thinking about which events to pitch yourself for, make sure that they align with your goal, whether that goal is making money, whether that goal is converting clients, or whether that goal is strictly to provide service, to provide value, right? Just something to keep in mind. (laughs) And then the final step of a visibility strategy is actually pitching yourself. You can do all the research. You can do all this work of finding these perfect channels and these perfect opportunities and these perfect partnerships. But if you don't actually pitch yourself, nothing's ever gonna happen. In the same way that we talked about, people need to know who you are, what you do, who you help and how. You need to pitch yourself in order to actually get on these visibility events. So whether it is an in-person local event space that opens up for workshops and you're going to pitch an idea that you have, or it's a podcast that is accepting guests, you have to actually pitch yourself. Now, I'm not going to get into the nitty gritty of how to write a pitch kit, how to create a pitch media kit, but at the end of the day... When you are pitching yourself to someone, it's not about you, right? Think of it, and I I hate to give this example, but it's a really good example. Think of it as a cover letter. So if you were to apply to a job, you obviously want to talk about yourself a little bit, right? But you talk about yourself in terms of how you can help that company. Your pitch for a visibility event is going to be very similar, You want to talk about yourself a little bit, who you are, what you do, what you want specifically to do for this visibility event, but you want to talk about it in terms of the other person's company or the other person's audience. So for example, if I were to pitch myself to another podcaster, I would want to talk about what their podcast is about. You know, what do they talk about? What did their audience want to hear? What does their audience want to hear? How can I support them? Because yes, this is a visibility event for me, but I also want to provide value. I also want to be of service to their community and also to them. So speak as if you are providing a service for them right when you pitch yourself to a to a speaking convention or a, a presentation where you're giving a full presentation right how does what you want to talk about tie into the greater mission of that convention a few weeks ago i was fortunate enough to speak at the online international virtual assistant convention and i talked about leveraging your skill sets in creating online businesses When I pitched myself, one, I made sure to pitch a presentation topic that actually made sense for that audience, right? If I'm talking to a bunch of virtual assistants, I wanna make sure that I'm providing them with details. And for me, that topic was one way to do that. And then also, I spoke to the mission of the convention. I spoke to wanting to empower other entrepreneurs in really living their authentic truth. Now, one, yes, that was me speaking to the convention. But two, that's also very much aligned with what I do as a human, let alone as a coach. So going back and really combining everything that we've talked about so far, it's being intentional with the platforms that you're choosing. It's being intentional with your end goal. Holding space for the right number for you of visibility events. And it's actually pitching yourself. And I would encourage you, especially if you are newer in business and this is something that is new to you, don't feel like you can't pitch yourself to those bigger accounts. Don't think that just because you don't have a huge social media following, that you can't be a guest in certain trainings, that you can't provide a training or a guide for certain memberships because they're too big. Pitch yourself. The worst that can happen is they ignore you or they say no. And I'll, I'll be the first one to tell you that I've been on... I think, eight or nine different podcasts, vodcasts, that kind of thing already. I've probably pitched myself on over 30. I've spoken at one international virtual convention and have pitched myself to at least 15 different speaking opportunities. Now, I'm still relatively new in business. I've only been doing this about two years. But I really want to be upfront with you that it's not going to be that you book every single event. Absolutely not. Especially if you are relying on being a guest trainer, guest expert, et cetera. But it's about the numbers game. It's about getting in front of as many people as possible, which requires you to intentionally, let me make that real fucking clear here, intentionally getting yourself in front of as many people as possible to pitch. So if there is a local um, entrepreneur group near you, I know that there are some like 30 under 30s or young professionals groups. Go, get yourself out there. Have a business card if you want to, you don't need to. I would advise you have some sort of something to give to people It can be physical, it can be a digital card, have some way for them to follow up with you after the fact. But go and pitch yourself, because if you don't put yourself out there, no one is going to do it for you. And like I already said, you can have the the solution, the service, the thing that is going to change the world for the better. Right? You could have the next light bulb. You could have the next Bread. You could be the next fucking Betty White. And if you don't put yourself out there, it doesn't matter. And I know this is a whole different topic, but don't let your fears and your doubts hold you back. Because again, if you don't do it, no one is going to do it for you. And if you don't get yourself out in the world in front of people, then it doesn't matter how amazing you are. It doesn't matter the type of magic or the wisdom that you have to share with the world. If people don't know about you, it makes it really, really difficult to serve them and to make the changes and make the impact on the world that you want. That is the first level of your marketing strategy is really getting clear on your visibility strategy a little teaser for anyone who is catching this close to the the release of it in June of 2022. I'm actually hosting a visibility mini mind later this summer. So we're going to dig into how to show up confidently. We're going to dig into how to actually put a visibility strategy together, how to pitch yourself, how to get yourself out there from the very Basic steps of gaining that confidence all the way up through getting your first speaking gig as a convention speaker. So know that that is coming. So the next strategy is your engagement. I want to be super clear here before we really get into everything that engagement and visibility are not the same thing. I already talked about visibility, but that is where the numbers game is, where you're really getting in front of as many people as possible. Engagement is where you start to have personalized conversations, whether that is indirect conversation or direct conversation. So obviously a direct conversation is going to be you in somebody's DM or having, you know, a comment conversation back and forth where you are directly interacting with them. We're going to get into the details of how to do that in a relationship-based way in a second, but then there's also the indirect. So the indirect conversations are really going to be your content in general. So I'm going to talk about engagement and then I'm going to talk about your content marketing because there are different strategies but know ahead of time that some of it does overlap. So going more into engagement, with the direct communication style, right? We are really focused on relationship-based marketing, relationship-building engagement. I really don't love Facebook as a platform, Just going to put it out there right now. I'm not in love with it. And I am really saddened, honestly, and frustrated that a lot of the tactics that I've been seeing on Facebook are starting to make their way into Instagram. I think personally that Instagram is a little bit more natural, a little bit more meaningful, and less full of the transactional bullshit than Facebook So it really kind of hurts my heart to see that that is not the case so much anymore. So what am I talking about? For anyone in the entrepreneur space, if you're in Facebook groups, I know you see this, where there is a group post that is something along the lines of, my client or I just hit 30,000 downloads in one week. Who wants this free guide before I make it paid? That's really transactional based. That's actually fear-based marketing because it's playing on your comparison. It's playing on your comparisonitis. It's throwing this big number in your face to kind of jolt your nervous system into fight or flight mode of, oh my gosh, I need this. If I don't have this, I'm never going to make it. And it takes a lot of inner work, it takes a lot of that confidence building, that limiting belief dismantling to recognize it for what it is. Now, I'm not saying that every single person who has those posts is intentionally doing this. I think that there is a huge lack of intention in a lot of marketing strategies, but at the end of the day, that is transactional based and it is fear based. Whether that is the intention or not, that is what's happening. And when we start to throw things out there that are really just about growing our numbers, we start to lose some of the value. Now, let me be super clear here. I have a freebie. I have an email list. I market it, but the intention is different. It's Instead of focusing on, I need to get as many people into my email list as possible, it's the intention of really providing service, right? So if we were to go back to that group post that says, I just sold 30,000 copies of this, or I just got 30,000 downloads, who wants the free guide on it? To transfer that, to adjust that from a transactional-based to more relationship-based, is one, again, we're going to change the intention behind it, but also we're going to change the energy of it. We're going to change the tactic. So we can still put a post up in a group that says, hey, if you are looking for support in X, Y, Z, this training can provide it. Or, hey, if this is the transformation that you're looking for, here's this tool or the resource or the support that I can provide you to have it. It's a little bit less aggressive, It's a little bit less transactional based and it provides and it provides and it emphasizes the transformation. It provides and emphasizes the service, the value. So it's 2022, people. We are getting away from transactional based marketing. We're getting into relationship based. And again, this is particularly true for service-based, soul-led entrepreneurs and industries. But this is the case for big brands as well. There is, so I'm based in Rhode Island in the U.S. And for anyone who doesn't know anything about Rhode Island, the number one defining characteristic about Rhode Islanders is that they do not travel more than 15 or 20 minutes to go anywhere. The entire state tip to tail is 49 miles. We're the tiniest state in the country and the people don't want to travel. So BJ's, the wholesale grocery store, whatever you want to call it, is opening up a new location here and their billboard has two sentences on it. One of them is that you can get up to like 25% off or some shit. And the second one that takes up 80% of the billboard is that the newest BJ's location is 75% closer, right? So even for a huge corporation that brings in billions of dollars a year, that is primarily transaction-based, right? Like you're going to a BJ's market because you wanna get goods at wholesale prices, they're still using relationship-based marketing. They're still getting to know their customers, their consumers, and appealing to them on an emotional level. They know that Rhode Islanders really don't want to fucking drive anywhere. So instead of emphasizing the price savings that they can have or the variety of goods that they can buy there or the whatever other things, they're appealing to the emotions driving those consumers. They're appealing to not wanting to drive more than 15 minutes away and highlighting that. So if a corporation as large as BJ's can focus on relationship-based marketing, solarpreneurs, smaller revenue-driven companies absolutely should be focusing on relationship-based businesses. Also, when we start to look at transactional businesses, and when we go back to those Facebook posts that are very much like, sign up here, "start off message, it's just like, scream, lack of intention, lack of strategy, throwing shit at the wall, hoping that it sticks. And also, honestly, and this is where a little bit of the soapbox comes in, stinks of desperation stinks of possibly inauthentic marketing. Maybe that's my um, own cynicism coming through. But I'm not totally sure if all of the people who are saying that they've got 7,500 downloads on something have really gotten 7,500 downloads. Because a couple minutes of scrolling through their profiles and their websites and all of that, it doesn't look like it, right? It does not look like it. It does not feel like it. But that aside, if we look at it from an energetics perspective, transactional marketing takes a lot more work than relationship-based marketing. And it may not seem that way. On first glance, you might think, okay, but if I can just throw some shit out there and have a lot of people buy it, that takes less work. What do you mean to tell me that it takes more work to do transactional versus like having actual conversations with people. And on first glance, transactional-based marketing does seem to be easier. But remember, if you're not building relationships, if you're not building that know, like, and trust factor, and you're just focusing on getting as many people in and out as possible, in and out to that checkout page, that offer, et cetera, you're churning and burning through a lot your lifetime value of that customer is going to be less because they're just going to download the PDF for that, that low-cost training and think, eh, all right, that wasn't worth it. On to the next thing, right? This is not exclusive to lower-priced or free offerings. This can be any price point, right? It's more common around lower price just because typically when you're offering higher-value coaching services or services in general... You probably have a little bit of a handle on your marketing strategy, but again, transactional base can absolutely be at any price point. When you're churning and burning through customers, through clients, you're always on the lookout for new customers and clients because you constantly have to have them coming in in order to keep that revenue up, right? Whereas... If you go towards relationship based, you really strengthen that no like and trust factor. It's easier to have people buy from you. It's easier to sell your products regardless of their price points because your people know you. They like you. They trust you. Right? That's where that no like and trust factor comes in. But also, the lifetime value of that customer is most often much higher because you've kind of already proven yourself, your reputation is solid, you're showing up consistently, you're showing up with integrity, you're showing up authentically, and it's more likely that that customer is going to come back and keep buying from you or and or that they're going to refer you and recommend you to others, So it's not just about having the the largest impact that you can right from the start, but it's also about actually making sure that your customers and your clients know you and that you're having those direct and indirect conversations with them. So that's kind of my rant (laughs) and the strategy behind why you should really focus on relationship-based marketing. So how do you do that? Just a couple of quick things here. When you look at relationship-based engagement, again, we're focusing on social media here. This looks like having meaningful comments. Gone are the days of great picture. Oh my gosh, I totally agree. Heart, 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 flame, flame, flame. No, sunshine, that shit, like, no. Have meaningful comments. Put out things where if somebody has a call to action that tells you to drop a certain emoji or share your story or share something that you do, right? Follow their directions. (laughs) It's as simple as that. It gets to be as simple as that. If someone is asking you to do a specific thing in the comment section, a great way to have relationship-based, authentic engagement is to do that thing. Drop a note that actually says that you read through their entire caption and you didn't just look at the picture in the first two sentences. Also, make sure you read through the entire caption. (laughs) But really have meaningful comments. You can also DM your followers, whether they are new or existing, And touch base with them. Hey, welcome to my community. What brings you by my page? I'd love to make sure that the content I'm creating is really helpful to those in in my community and my following. But have that conversation. And honestly, and this is a little bit separate from like an engagement strategy piece, but celebrate. Every time that you have someone joining your following on social media or joining your email list or joining your group, that person is intentionally choosing to have you be a part of their life. Honor that, celebrate that. Don't think of them as just another number. Think of them as the person that's actually there consuming your energy, consuming your content, listening to you and choosing to have you in their life. Because that's an honor. And that's something that we so often forget about in our quest to have a huge following or become viral or have this, you know, huge money month, we oftentimes can forget that there's a person on the other side of that. And as soul-led service entrepreneurs, we really need to focus on the human aspect of it. So have meaningful comments, reply back to people who comment on your stuff, reply back to people who respond to you on their page, right? Continue the conversation. As I've already said, no part of your marketing strategy, including your engagement, should be a checkbox item that you did and you leave it and forget it. I know a lot of people, and I I teach this myself, right, in one aspect. We say that for lead generation, which is part of your engagement, it's outbound engagement. You're going out and finding people is to spend a certain number of minutes a day, right? Especially because lead generation can oftentimes feel salesy or icky. And it's one of the harder things to get yourself to commit to consistently. But it's about having genuine conversations. It's about going into these interactions, whether it is through direct or indirect engagement, whether it's through a comment or a DM or a follow or whatnot. It's about having the intention be of service, of reminding yourself that this is a human being on the other end of it. It's about being kind and being authentic. That's, that's a good segue into my next piece that engagement is twofold. So engagement is outbound or lead generation as it's often called, which is us going out and finding people. Going out on social media and finding specific accounts or following people out of certain hashtags that we want to, right? Going out and finding them. That's outbound. There's also inbound engagement where the people who are coming to us, we are then engaging with your new followers, your existing community, you know, following up with that person that you spoke to last month and asking them, "Hey, what's going on? How did how did that workshop that you're building end up going?" right? It's remembering that they're human beings and being of service while building relationships. It's not a checkbox. Absolutely not a checkbox. Some other types of engagement can be responding to story polls, questions, or quizzes, and following up with them, not just responding through the stickers or the other interactive pieces, but actually like typing out a response and being like, oh my gosh, you know, that's so cool. I did that too. Or, oh, I recognize that. I've been there. What's your favorite piece of travel? Because again, with relationship-based business, it's not always making sure that you're on topic, right? If you're a business coach, it's not always about having a conversation about business coaching. It's about getting to know getting to know them as a person. So if you're a life coach and you're looking to work with new moms who want to go back into the office or who don't want to go back into the office, right? But you're looking for that specific type of person. You're not going to start every conversation or every single comment with, hey, this is who I am and this is how I can help you. But it's responding to their stories. It's watching and listening to their comments and saying, hey, I totally get this struggle. That's really hard, right? That's a hard conversation, a hard decision to have to make with yourself about whether you're going to leave little Johnny at home or you're going to go back to the office or or something in between. And I, there might be some cynics out there who are like, yeah, but that's manipulation, right? It's not when you're acting out of authenticity, when you're acting with integrity. I in no way want you to lie. I In no way I'm encouraging you to manipulate or fake a conversation. I'm encouraging you and you, challenging you to change your perspective on what engagement is. It is not always pitching our Most of the time, it is not pitching our services. It is about learning about who the other person is, if you can help them and how, but just having genuine conversations, right? That's what engagement can look like, what engagement should look like. Now, what engagement is not? (laughs) Engagement is not pitching yourself without any previous conversation. This is another thing that I'm seeing a freaking lot of in the Facebook groups is people will have a post that's like, hey, what do you need in your business? Or what do you got going on? And there's this person who's literally copying and pasting the same exact response to every single person's comment, right? So scenario, let me break it down in more detail for you. I am in quite a few Facebook groups that are about networking, building referrals, really building that relationship. And at least once a week, the admins will post out, hey, what do you need in your business? What do you want to barter? All this kind of stuff, right? And people, other group members will respond with like, oh, I need marketing support. I need, I need sales. I need structure. I need strategy. I need whatever, right? More often than not, it's around I need sales, I need audience, I need clients, etc. It's a money tied. There are so many people who will literally post the same exact pitch. It's not even a group, it's not even a comment. It's a pitch, regardless of who the person was. Last week alone, I spent over an hour looking through hundreds of comments. And they were people who worked in product-based businesses, in-person businesses, online, digital, service providers, all sorts of industries, all sorts of entrepreneurs. And there were these people who were pitching the exact same thing to someone who had a product-based business looking for marketing support and someone who had an online service-based business looking for clients. Those are very different people. Those are very different needs, right? So pitching yourself, one, destroys your own credibility because it looks very clearly that you are acting out of lack and desperation, that you're not acting out of service. And also... I don't wanna work with someone who does that because if you are pitching the same thing to every single person, you're not taking the time to know them. You're not taking the time to truly understand, one, if that is somebody that you can actually help, and two, how you can help them, right? In the same sense that visibility is getting your name in front of people, engagement and content are about filtering people out, You don't want to actually pitch your services to every single person that you meet, because I don't care what it is you do. It's impossible. I'm saying it. It is impossible for you to actually help every single person that you meet. Right? Again, going back to myself, I work primarily with women. That does not mean I'm going to pitch myself to every female entrepreneur. It is very different to provide business strategy support to a service-based business versus someone who is a physical product-based business or a brick-and-mortar store. Different strategies, different mindset, different limiting beliefs, right? It's knowing who you help and how you help and building relationships before you pitch. So engagement is not pitching yourself. That's transactional-based. That's fear-based, that's churning and burning, and that's actually destroying your credibility. Another thing which very much falls in line with this pitching yourself, and I see this, I'm going to call out a different social, (laughs) social media platform. This happens a lot on LinkedIn. When you are requesting to connect with someone under the guise of creating a referral, creating a true connection, only to pitch yourself afterwards. Or... And this one is the one that makes me chuckle every time it happens because it's 2022, putting out a a request to connect without a personalized message. I flat out say no to anyone who sends me a request on LinkedIn that I don't know, that we have no one in common, and that they just send me a request to connect without any kind of personalized message. Those are almost guaranteed to be people who are going to immediately pitch you something because they obviously are not in it for the connection or they would take the time to send you a quick two sentence hey I'm so and so looks like we have similar interests would love to connect as a fellow service provider right so if you are doing this shit on LinkedIn or any other platform knock it off It's 2022. We're not doing that shit anymore. And then the third thing that engagement is not is follow trains. So follow trains, and for anyone who who is new or doesn't know this phrase, a follow train is basically you follow me on social media, I'll follow you back. That can absolutely be a great tool to get you in front of other audiences because as people follow you, the people who then follow them can look to see, you know, similar accounts or similar people. That is visibility. That is, again, getting yourself out in front of as many people as possible. That's not engagement. Also, just a heads up, the the algorithm and all, there are so many changes around the follow for follow. But you really want to be intentional with the content that you're consuming right? This is a different conversation, but you want to be intentional with the content you're consuming and where your energy is and also who you're then promoting. Because if I, let's say I'm following you all of a sudden and someone comes to follow me and they look to see who I'm viewing and yada yada, they may then go to you. So follow trains are great, but you have to make sure that you actually agree with to a degree what the other person's about. So be intentional with the follow trains that you're on. And remember that follow trains are not engagement. Follow trains are another form of visibility. So quick recap on the engagement. We've got inbound and outbound engagement. We've got direct and indirect engagement, which really ties into content, which is why I haven't spoken too much about it yet. And then we have relationship-based versus transactional. And remember, guys, at the end of the day, it is about building relationships, acting with integrity, and it is about acting authentically, having genuine conversations for the sake of being of service, for the sake of meeting some cool freaking people, and just having fun. The more that your energy is in love and abundance, the higher your energy. Frequency, the more quickly that money and success and all the other things that you're working towards are going to come to fruition. When we start to get into transactional base, when we start to get into focusing on the money, focusing on the things that we don't have, then we start a downward spiral. Then we start a negativity loop that just kind of holds us stuck and holds us stagnant. So like I said, that is a lot of information. We've only gotten through the first two of five pillars and we are at the slightly over one hour mark. So I highly encourage you again to go back and listen to this podcast episode, especially if you are working on your visibility or engagement strategies or if I happen to call you out on anything that I said. So as always, if there are any questions or comments on anything I discussed today, be sure to send me an email at chrissy at chrissymellinger.com or connect with me on Instagram, which will honestly be a little bit faster in getting you a response at chrissymellinger. Otherwise, I hope you enjoy the rest of your beautiful day, and I will be back next week to talk all about content and sales strategy. Thank you so much for joining me today. I hope that you loved what you heard. If you did, be sure to share it with me by leaving a review. This helps me make sure that the great bits keep coming your way. If we aren't already connected on social media, come join my community on Instagram at Mellinger, all one word, or visit my website at ChrissyMellinger.com. On my website, you can sign up for some fun freebies, trainings, and my email list. I can't wait to connect with you on socials, my email list where there's so many surprise goodies, and the next Soulfully Strategic Entrepreneurship podcast episode. In the meantime, go be your amazing self, sunshine. You've got this.